Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will also come into this place, uh, they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, they should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When Leo was young, Child Protective Services removed him from his home because his mother was an addict and his biological father was nowhere to be found. After that, Leo was moved from foster home to foster home, but he was never adopted. He eventually landed in a group home, but from the time he was still too young to go to preschool, he learned that he had to fend for himself because nobody else in the world would help him or even take care of him. He did the best he could with this understanding of the world tersely thrust upon him. But his walls were pretty high and difficult to overcome. No family ever took him in. From the time the system separated him from the severely lacking connection that he had to his biological parents, He was left to himself more and more. Any connections and relationships he formed were easily disrupted from one move or changed situation to the next. Then Leo turned 18. 
Suddenly, he was an adult who was expected to provide for himself. The only problem was that he had no idea what it meant to provide, to earn a living, or to even pay bills. None of this had been modeled for him, and the same system that disconnected him from nearly everything and everyone failed to instruct him in how he might provide for himself. He tried working a few jobs and finding apartments, but the jobs did not work out, and without them, he could not pay any rents. Constantly facing homelessness because he was now 18, he began to beg people for money. He would sit at street corners and stoplights with a sign that said, No job, need money for rent and food. However, obviously being of working age, he would face taunts like, Get a job, loser. You don't deserve a handout. None of those who shouted these taunts ever actually offered him a job, food, or a place to stay, though. So he remained hungry, hungry, homeless, and broke. He eventually turned to theft. After stealing a few things from a few people, he ended up in jail for a time. There, he finally had a roof over his head and food in his belly. He was let out soon enough, but now found it even harder to get a job or a place to stay with his criminal record. So he stole more and more. He landed in jail again and again. And that cycle continued for several years until he died. By contrast, Robert was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. As the son of a Fortune 500 executive, he had all the hired help he needed growing up. He did not see his parents much. They were always flying off to far-off places, attending galas, and doing all sorts of other things that were apparently more important than spending time with him. But still, he was not alone. There were always people around to wait on his every need. He lacked for nothing. He attended the best schools that money could buy all the way from elementary through middle and high school and college. Though he nearly flunked out of every place of learning because he was too lazy to even read a chapter of the books he was assigned. The only way he passed anything was paying their household employees to complete his assignments and papers for him. He was awarded degrees from the finest institutions that this country has to offer, even though he cheated all the way through. Robert regularly dined on the finest entrees, went to the fanciest parties thrown by the most famous people, and lacked for nothing in his life. He inherited his money, businesses, and houses, and likely would have squandered them all away if not for paying some of the best money managers in the world to make sure that the wealth his parents gave him kept accruing interest. He lived a long life, full of luxury and excess, and at his funeral people praised him for all the wealth that he was worth at the end. Though nobody could really say where he got any of it, 
though nobody said it out loud. They, do, they knew that he did nothing at all to earn it. When these two men met their fates, we can imagine that God greeted them very differently than others did when they were alive. They both left the world as equals, two souls standing before the throne of God. Yet, according to this parable from Luke, the judgment of the Almighty may have come down with distinct differences between the two of them. One had lacked for nearly everything. He had lived his life without family, only fleeting friendships, living perpetually homeless from before he was potty trained, hungry more often than he was whole, and lacking for anything resembling decency or respect from the world around him. The other lacked for nothing. He had more servants than he knew what to do with, more houses than he could ever live in, more food than he could ever eat, more degrees than he ever earned, more money than he could ever spend. He was heralded and respected by all around him because he was rich, even though he was rich without any merit of his own. Based on a reading from Luke, we can just imagine which of these two was, quote, carried away by the angels to be with Abraham, and which one simply died and was buried later to face torment in Hades, which is translated in English as hell, and cry out for mercy from the beyond. Now, I've created these characters and their stories to think about how the rich man and Lazarus might inhabit our society in the 21st century. While there is, thankfully, far greater opportunities for upward economic mobility in our society than there was in the ancient Middle East. The disparities between rich and poor are far greater now than they were 2,000 years ago. To think that since we can all earn our way in our present capitalist economy, uh, this text does not speak to us the same. We kind of miss the point if we think that way. The sin of the rich man over and against the suffering of Lazarus and his poverty was not that he was rich so much, or at least the text does not say this directly. Rather, the sin of the rich man was his indifference to Lazarus's suffering at, the, at his gate while they were alive. Day after day, week after week, the rich man saw the need of poor Lazarus at his gate, but did nothing to help feed and house, uh, feed or house him. Instead of using his ample resources to lift Lazarus from the gutter, the rich man left him to starve and rot at his gate. He used his wealth to insulate himself from the suffering and poverty of Lazarus, so, after his death, he would then be kept from the comforts that Lazarus enjoyed in the great beyond. While the judgment of poverty is apparent in the here and now, the curse of wealth is often obscured. 
then and now, at least apparently. The rich are favored by society, while the poor are often put down even farther than their low circumstances already make clear. In some cases, this is self-serving. People often treat the wealthy well because they think that they might get something in return, while the poor have little to give in return for being treated generously. Just as often, though, it is tempting to think that the rich are rich for good reasons and the poor are also poor for good reasons. In my experience, this is often not the case. People I know who work the hardest in life, the hardest, are frequently rewarded the least for the effort they put in. And others who often do very little to earn what they have own far more than those who work <clears throat> harder than they can ever dream of. This is simply the way of our world. The good news of this story from our gospel, though, is that God's ways are far different than our worldly ways. Righteousness in the kingdom of God is not marked through riches, resources, or reputations, but rather through the generous outpouring of the love of God. The love of God is lavished first on the least of us and then is shared with all those who suffer the pains and poverty that the world can heap upon any of us. It is in the inheritance of Jesus Christ, our Lord, where our eternal riches and wealth are found. And that inheritance of Christ leaves no one homeless, hungry, or hurting at the front door. May we rejoice in this good, gracious, and generous news. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.